Good afternoon, everyone. Good evening. Good morning. Hasty bananas. <laughs> Buenos tardes. Well, so good to hear everybody. Greetings bonjour. from Florida. <laughs> and welcome to the Man in the Black Suit podcast. Uh, we are... How are you doing today, Pam? I'm feeling a lot better than last week, let me put it that way. So happy, so happy to hear that, even though you um, never have lost that very, very sexy voice. Um, you do sound As, like you're feeling better, which is good news. Yes. It's it's like Morgan uh, Locklear said, I sound like Kathleen Turner who's had, I think, smoked about 20 packs of cigarettes a day and drank about a bottle, about at least two bottles of whiskey a day, that kind of voice. So. <laughs> it brings character, Pam. That's, adds that's character. That's true. That's true. Hello. So, Hello, everybody. So we got Karen and Monica and Betty. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. So... Uh, all, all kinds of fun things going on. Yes, and, lots of good news to share this week. Yeah, yeah. and it's Galentine's Day. <laughs> I need a gallon. Um, <laughs> gallon of what, Pam? <laughs> Irish whiskey would be nice. Vodka would oh be nice. Oh my gosh, I tell you what, I was drinking some good bourbon on Saturday night. I couldn't get enough of it. Yes, I was. <laughs> I had a friend's 50th birthday party. Uh, that I attended, and they had all kinds of goodies at the bar, and even though there was vodka, they had a nice variety of bourbon, and I'm on this bourbon kick since I've been in, visiting Kentucky, so, and uh, someone who uh, actually was born and raised there brought some special uh, bourbon uh, that's a brand that a couple people I've met swear is the best called four roses so if anyone is interested my grandmother in trying used to drink it that. really yeah my that both of my i've had more native kentuckians tell me that's their favorite bourbon you know beyond maker's mark beyond um basil hayden um but woodhouse to each his, his or woodhouse yes woodford reserve to each his or her own i say so good to see everybody well, see, when I was on a, today, when I was a young girl, we had autograph books. And mm -hmm. Oh yes, I can remember taking it to school one day, and somebody somebody wrote, two young plus two drink, four roses." <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I'm gonna have so to I ask. Mean, I'm gonna have to ask the the person from Kentucky about that. <laughs> Yeah, that was a staple in their house. That or Jim Beam was a staple in their house. Yeah, that's a cl Jim Beam's classic. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. They were classic, especially my grandmother. Grandmother. And it had to be grandmother. <laughs> Reminded me of, uh, what was her name? Hyacinth Bouquet from that. Uh, British show Keeping Up Appearances. Oh yes. yes, I haven't. I've only seen like a clip of that, but I know who you're talking about. That was that is my grandmother in British form. But uh, yeah, what can I tell you? Did you see Betty? <laughs> Betty said, "Pam, you have too many fascinating stories. <laughs> How many volumes are you planning on writing?" 
<laughs> yes, Pam. Tell us about your book. I have about three sentences. That's it. That is I, so funny. I that is just file, too funny. I have a file I call LOL so that nobody knows what it is. And I That's pretty jot smart. Things down. I jot things down. Like I said, I have three sentences. Big whoop. Anyhow. But you have lots of stories to tell, Pam. Well, you really do. You really, am, really do. You know, what can I tell you? Life. It happens. Some happens differently to everybody. This yeah. is true. And Mon said, Monica says, Pam, LOL, Pam, you've written more than me. <laughs> you know, what can I... Everybody keeps telling me I've got to write all these stories down. And I'm like... Yeah. Maybe we'll just maybe we'll just do a transcript of the show. We, you know, and I don't of the Florentine series podcast. Maybe that will uh, we I can get that going. The voices in my head telling me the stories that I should be writing. And I, and I remember goofing on SR one day about the voices in his head, and he's laughing. He said, "Yes, Gabriel and Julia are laughing at me right at the moment." So. Anyhow, so I like love I said, it. And did you see what else? Did you see what <laughs> Benny just said? I bet the boss has his own file called <laughs> yeah, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure oh, yeah. he does. Oh yeah, we know uh, he, how he likes his research. He does. He, he was on a chat last night. I said, "So, what are the plans for Valentine's Day?" And he said, "Going away. Not going to be writing for the weekend." and doing research <laughs> and just left it that way <laughs> like okay tmi <laughs> so well uh, betty said i bet there will be lots of research and i just said research is my favorite <laughs> and monica said i totally blushed when i saw that on the chat uh, yeah I, I told him that too i put blushing <laughs> Betty so, said business, business time, time is, is important. important. Only if That's it's right. Wednesday. Only if it's Wednesday. <laughs> but what can I say? I uh, wrote a nice um, little thing on a blog post today. It was, I think it's totally booked or total story blog. Um, it's actually had, tr true, story true story book blog. There you go. And it is out there, and it's a beautiful letter from Gabriel yes. to Julian. It posted so, this morning, ladies, yes, so if you need did. to search for it, it's on True Story Book Blog. And I have, I have a link to it in our Twitter feed, the Man in the Black Suit Twitter feed, so you can look in there. And I bet, I, Betty, I'm sure that Gabriel does too. Um, there's also a beautiful love note from Gabriel, and... Uh, I also, there's an outtake, a Valentine's outtake, uh, that SR wrote last year for Nicholas and Acacia in Paris for Valentine's Day. I uh, posted a link for that, and I'll post it again uh, so that you can go back and read it. It's, it's a, a lovely story, Annie, and a lovely outtake from The Man in the Black Suit. I love so. those characters. So, and I love when he does things that are special with Nicholas and Acacia. Well, he has a lot of outtakes and a lot of his mm -hmm. stories on um, his blog site. And uh, you, ju you just have to look for the tag outtake and, and you'll find them. Yes. So, um, let's see, what else do we have? I know it melted my heart too, Betty melted the snow that I was looking at while I was reading it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel a little guilty, I have to say. Yes. But lucky. Lucky, lucky. is right. Very lucky. Some things were true. Um, <laughs> we have a lot of stuff, good stuff coming up with SR. Uh, the uh, Man on the Black Suit Portuguese edition has been out and uh, doing 
pretty good from what I understand, so we're lucky with that. Uh, the Czech version will be coming out in May uh, from Albatross Media. Uh, the Florentine series is being translated into Italian by the Rai Edzioni in Milan. And the print should be released in April, and I think the Raven in October. And if you go to their website, they have a list of about when the others are going to be coming out, but the others will, will be put out there. Very exciting. Yes. And the French edition is Ooh. being done by ADA editions of Quebec. Uh, we don't have any dates on that just yet. Uh, we know that the Gabriel series movie up uh, Apparently, there's maybe some movement on the script, although Tuska Muska a couple weeks ago said that they're still looking, they were still looking for a screenwriter. Um, so maybe they got one, I'm not sure. But uh, I know that SR is looking forward to seeing it and uh, that from there they'll be able to start casting, which is gonna be fun. And I know that Nina's been posting uh, pictures in SR's Fox Den of possible candidates. Uh, I, I doubt very much that they're def, def, defended, def, defined, defined, definitive, definitive. Yes. Um, and my brain's not working too well yet. Um, but you know, give her her feedback because I'm sure that the casting agent for Tosca will be trying to get an idea and pulling, you know, headshots of people that they think might work for it. Yeah, Betty says, I hope they find a really good screenwriter and I'm hopeful too. I'm, yeah, I am too. I was going to suggest one person to them, but I couldn't get a hold of the person. Um, who actually wanted to do the screenplay for Gabriel's Inferno, Inferno um, that she told me in a private message. and But I hadn't been able to get a hold of her to ask her if it was okay for me to put her name in. I'm sure she would agree, but I, I want her to be prepared just in case. Um, the One of the principles of Passion Flicks is a woman by the name of Joni Kane and I know she has written a lot of scripts for the Hallmark movies. And uh, you, you know, the budget for Passion Flicks is probably going to be about the same as Hallmark movies. So just as an FYI, you can get an idea. Um, and that's only my assumption. And assuming can make an ass out of you and me, but that's <laughs> just to give you an idea. I don't know what you're talking about there, Pam. That would never I happen. I would <laughs> never. Never. <laughs> Betty, Betty says she's still looking for an actor who looks like Gabriel. An unknown actor would be ideal. And she's searching for a new Paul as well. And then Monica mentioned script writing is hard. She studied it in college. Yeah, yeah Monica, my daughter had a script writing class. Um, and it was very challenging. So, um yeah, I had. But they're going to find some. I, I have faith they're going to find someone who will do this beautiful story justice. I, I oh, actually sure had. I have great hope. I really, really do. Because yeah, I said, as I said to SR that um, in the email, I think I how, I, how did I put it, Pam? I said, um, you must be incredibly excited and a, a touch um, uh, anxious <laughs> for all these things to be happening because, you know, I feel like that is such. A book is such a personal thing, and uh, and you put your heart and soul into it. So ha handing over that precious, you know, that baby, that that gift to someone else to recreate and re reshape in a different format. I just, oh my gosh! Well, I, I can imagine it, it's going to be it's going to be really, I think, gratifying. But I, I know there's a little bit there's a lot of trust involved in that. There is. So and, you know, I was. Uh, on Facebook earlier today, uh, Deb Harkness does, I think, a weekly uh, live Facebook um, 
talking about the All Souls trilogy and the shows coming up and movies and what have you. Which, by the way, if anybody's interested and you don't have Sundance now, if you have AMC or BBC America on your cable systems on April 7th at 9 p.m., they will start showing Discovery of Witches. And oh my gosh, I'm so excited. A week. It's one episode a week. So just an FYI, I should mention that today. But what she was talking about the adaptation of the books. She said, she said with um, A Discovery of Witches, it was very, it's very difficult to get that entirely, entirely into one screen as it was written because it was written in Diana Bishop's voice. So, and it would be a rather boring show if it would continued just in Diana's voice. So she was, she was very pleased with the adaptation uh, that she had. And I know that they've got a couple of good people working on the uh, uh, Song of Sons of Night and um, the other, uh, or the Shadow of Night and the Book of Life. And their head screenwriter for those two, just as an FYI, because I sure remembered this was one of the writers on A&E's Pride and Prejudice, the one with Colin Firth that everybody loves. So. Oh, my gosh. That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So now, just Betty, was saying she, Betty was saying she still needs to read the, um, uh, the Discovery of Witches, and Monica mentioned that they are excellent books and shows. Deborah Harkness is so sweet. I was fortunate to have met her. So, that's, so did I. Monica, I was going to say, you are in good stead because Betty also met uh, Deborah Harkness. And I, from what I hear from everybody I've known, it would be, I, I, it's some, she is definitely an, an author I would like to meet. She, she's really nice. She's, um, I've, seen, I've met her three times, uh, two at book signings and one at the All Souls Con last summer. And she knew me right away. Pam, how are you? Come over and she gives me a hug. And how's this going? And she knows I do the podcast for SR. And she asks about him and, you know, how the Gabriel's stuff is coming along. So she's, she is very, very sweet and uh, very nice lady. Um, but she, and she's, she's very, she's funny. She's funny. On the, on the on her Facebook chats, not as funny as Erica E.L. James, especially if she has been drinking. <laughs> if anybody ever catches her on her Facebook live, do it. Begin listen to her because she she's 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 good. Anyway, <laughs> sounds great. I, oh, she's, <laughs> She was going on the other night about, I'm drinking. I'm drinking, drinking. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And that was on Twitter. So, But anyway, so that's what's going on with um, SR's movie. So it's it'll be exciting to um, watch the progress of what comes on and see who they're talking about for actors and actresses for the parts and you know what's going on with toronto university and how they um you know they they could mold themselves in this so i'm, I'm looking forward to that um let's see also sr said he's going to be um doing a bunch of take author takeovers this month and next and he just he just didn't give any dates to us so just keep a lookout for them um yes yes i'm sure he'll be sharing um and you know just the the gift he gave us today for the uh letter from gabriel to julia on true story book blog i think is just one of several things that are going to be coming up oh yeah oh yeah and the he says the writing's going well 
I'm sure at this point he's probably into the proofreading and rewrites and whatever. Because uh, I think December's the the date. So. Oh my gosh! So exciting. Yes. Yes. And he asked. He was asked about uh, book cover, and Penguin will be doing the book cover, and which would you know that that's really cool he doesn't have to go looking for the artist to do that like he did with the others with with the man in the black suit in particular so that's very exciting mm-hmm. and i know someone suggested i'm hoping purple we there. see it oh i know there were a couple of couple people were hoping for purple yeah so. i mean his his books are except for inferno Inferno is like an, I guess, an orange color. Uh, Redemption is green, and Rapture looks like it's in white. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. The wording. Yes, so. yes, and Argyle, um, Argyle Doll Monica said, uh-huh. yes, she can't wait to see the cover. I know, I know, but wait, we will. <laughs> probably get to see that uh i'm gonna say in the fall i think i hope although you know sr did mention he's hoping there'll be a cover reveal sometime soon yeah hopefully hopefully Hopefully. but you know we often do have to wait a little bit yes Um, and well it's the anticipation sr loves (laughs) And apart from research, he loves <laughs> his anticipation. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. It will be beautiful for sure, Betty. No matter what. So so I'm putting it out there because I know we on lo- online right now have uh, signed up for SR's Fox Den. And we're also signed up to get his newsletter. Uh, so if anybody is listening outside of that, make sure you do that, uh, www.sylvainreynard.com for the newsletter, and it's SR's Fox Den on Facebook. So, yeah, it'll be fun. That'll be a lot of fun. I, I know another good thing to do, and I, I, I know, I believe you guys already do this, I need to do it. I admit, if you're liking or loving any of the books, we should also put out reviews wherever we can, mm-hmm. um, try and get the word out, especially now. I think, you know, it's 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 wonderful in anticipation of the Gabriel Four book as well, in addition to all of the translations that they're doing, um, you know, to put reviews out on Goodreads or Amazon or wherever you can well, um, to try happened. and share. Look what happened with the Today Show. Last week, they had a program of the top 10 books to read after Fifty Shades for romance. Yes. And SRs were number two. The Gabriel's Inferno was and number I, two. And he's also in the 100 love of it. Goodreads. And the woman who, re- I think her name was Porter, Kim Porter. I could I be think, wrong. I know. I, I, I looked it I up. I could be wrong. And, but... She compiled her list outside of Goodreads, on Goodreads. So, so yes, reviews are important. And they help sell everything. So, anyhow. So, this week we're going to do part... We broke up Chapter 40 in two parts for two reasons. It's a huge chapter and there's a lot going on. That's number one. And also because we have the Florida kid on the other side there. <laughs> I know, but it's raining today. Uh-oh. I was I really, really, really wanted to be sitting outside as we did the podcast just to share some of the uh, my enthusiasm that would have been oozing from my pores if I was sitting in the sun. But it is not sunny today, alas. It is rainy, but I have to say the fact it's raining and not like freezing rain or snow oh, is making me happy. Snow shower. Um, literally, Pam, 
I, we flew out Sunday evening from Baltimore mm -hmm. at five. The snow started at six in Harrisburg. It was only supposed to be a dusting. We got the, the, the weather pattern shifted slightly and home got four to five, I think four to six inches. It was horrible. And then it went into freezing rain the next day. I mean, I, I feel I'm just so fortunate that I got out of town when I did. And I'm also fortunate it was a beautiful flight and we had no weather. It was actually a, a, a great day when we drove down. So we were just ahead of the weather pattern. And I can't even tell you how grateful I am for that. Oh, and it's actually good. supposed to be in the 50s when we fly back tomorrow. 40s or 50s yeah, in Harrisburg. Yeah, it's supposed to be so, a little warmer, I, I heard. I'm, I know. I'm so thankful. Oh, I Monica says my... it's raining here in California, too. I think it's raining across the U.S. Someone else I just heard who was, like, in tex from Texas um, was saying how it's raining at home in Austin. And I thought, oh, my gosh, is it raining across the country? I don't know. Betty did note that Willie and Nicholas are missing in the list. I know. But they I think we, we got it. We'll, we'll keep, we'll, we, we got to keep promoting that um, yep. in terms of Nicholas. Uh, I know SR had also mentioned at one point that if there are Italian readers out there interested in the Italian translation mm -hmm. of the man in the black suit, they should write Del Rey Edizonia, Ediz, Edizioni of Milano. And let them know, because Del Rey, as Pam mentioned earlier, is publishing the Florentine series. And SR is told that they're considering the man in the black suit, but have yeah. not made up their minds. So um, I think we need to spread that word among our Italian-speaking friends. Um, I'm actually wondering if uh, I have a dear friend whose daughter's studying in Milan currently, and I might mention it to her to see if she can get any of her uh, Italian classmates to uh, <laughs> do a writing campaign. <laughs> that would be good. You never know. You never you know. You never know. That's for sure. Oh, my gosh. Word of mouth is important. Yes, it is. It is. But I, um, I do appreciate the fact that we broke up this chapter because there is a lot that goes into it. Um, and also, I was not certain how um, I'm, I'm traveling for work. Um, I'm, I wish I was traveling for uh, pure vacation fun. Um, but I'm at this massive conference, um, HIMSS 19, Health Information Management System Society. Um, it's a health information. It's the premier health information technology conference in uh, the world, I believe. There's people here from 90 countries. 45,000 people attend this conference. So the scale is just, it's stunning. Um, and I was not sure, um, you know, it, what my commitments would be um, this evening. So luckily uh, this time worked out just perfectly because my, my workmates know I do my podcast. I block <laughs> off my calendar. This is time that is non-negotiable unless it is really, really urgent. So... Yeah, it is. It's really, it, Monica, it is really cool. Um, I, I, I plan events often and to, to wrap my brain around the logistics that went into this event is stunning. I mean, this conference has an app <laughs> so you can select your sessions and it gives you directions to get to the venue. And it's, it's unbelievable. Um, the floor, the ex exhibition space has... 1300 over 1300 exhibitors and it is as the Sears Tower in Chicago can fit laying down in the exhibit hall and there's still space that's how it's massive yeah it's really really cool yes so. I used to have to coordinate for my company for the direct marketing association oh my gosh I can only imagine what that one was like Pam because that's Freeman, massive Freeman made everything easy thank god mm. they're they're they do a lot of the event planning getting the freight in setting up wow. your booth, all that kind of stuff so yeah that's incredible Annie. so we should get started so we should we should i am um, 
I was excited about this also. Um, you may hear a little ambient noise. Uh, I'm in one of the uh, hotel properties and conference center properties in the hallway. And uh, so I'm, I'm really glad we're, <laughs> we're doing this chapter and not <laughs> one of the prior ones. <laughs> <laughs> I thought of that today, and I just thought, oh, my gosh, if it would have been last week or the week before, I, I don't know what I would have done. I would have, <laughs> I would have been blushing a lot. That's what a I would lot. have done. <laughs> or trying to speak in code, one of the two. Exactly. <laughs> but um, as we ended Chapter 39, you will recall, um, Akasha was panicking out of her mind rushing around trying to run when she saw and realized it was her father uh she didn't even stop to let nicholas know she just knew she had to get out she was running and running nicholas stopped her and of course she he was confronting her and and trying to find out why she was running and who she was running from and she said do you know this arms dealer and he said, who is he to you? And it ended on the big bomb, father. her father. So, I am, I your, am father. your father. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, Sam. Uh, I know. Every time, every time I read, whenever I read that, I just keep thinking. I do. I keep, with Dar- yes. keep thinking of Darth Vader. Um, I, and I, you know what? We should ask SR. We should have asked SR that. Um if he was channeling um, Darth Vader in that moment. Um, next week. But we'll, <laughs> next week. Uh, so it started your father, and Nicholas, of course, did not expect the answer. He was really surprised. And Akasi had told him that she had to get out of the hotel before he comes for her. And Nicholas's question was, and, and really it was more, it was more of a statement, more of a shocking realization She's not leaving because of him. And I'm sure Akashi was thrown off too. And she goes, of course not. But, but if he did not get out of her way right now, she's going to move him, which I love because Akashi, you know, yes. Akashi doesn't back down. So we asked SR, why did Nicholas think Akashi was leaving because of him? And he said, Nicholas definitely thought Akashi was leaving him. And he, SR said, there's secrecy between these two, and so there is limited trust. Plus, Nicholas had recently been betrayed publicly by Silka. So I thought that made a lot of sense for him having that um, kind of moment of insecurity, really. You know, and maybe he was second-guessing himself and second-guessing his ability uh, to be reading the situation clearly. So, and I'm laughing in the chat room because Monica was laughing and Betty says a Star Wars cliffhanger. cliffhanger. Monica thinks he, Esther probably was channeling uh, Darth Vader and Betty said maybe he thought she was leaving like his ex-girlfriend. Right. Yes, and I, I do, Monica, I agree with you. Very, very true. So Nicholas asked Acacia to let him help her and he asked what, happened he wanted to get a sense of what really is going on because Nicholas being the gentleman and also being someone who obviously at this point is completely captivated and taken with Acacia wanted to help her any way he could Acacia told him that she saw her father and there was nothing nothing he could do she did not think he could nor did she think her father saw her but if he did then he would be after her and would want to seek and find her mother as well. Nicholas asked her to slow down. He's trying to get Acacia to calm down because of, you know, she was freaking out and understandably so. He asked her, where is your mother now? Recife. Are you sure it was your father that you saw? And Acacia said, yes, she saw his face and she saw the ring that he always wore, the signet ring, and she knew, she knew then that, that verified it for her. Nicholas then told her that she could call her mon- mother on a secure line and he would arrange for her safety. 
And Acacia seemed thrown off by that. She asked, could you really do that? And he told her they'll have to move her mother temporarily and then they can relocate her when uh, we decide what to do next. He also assured Acacia that her father would not make a move inside the hotel. Um, Which, you know, when he said that, I was thinking, do we really know he could, and I should have asked Cesar that. You know, I was thinking, do we really know that he wouldn't try anything in the hotel? Nicholas had usually had a good read on this, but you never know, right? You know, um, I kind did of you feel thought, that way or no? Yeah, I kind of thought he did, only mm-hmm. because he lives in that world to a certain extent when he True. is out there as Pierre Breckman. And I think that, you know, he would know what you could get away with and still be considered a good customer to that right. hotel. Right. Well, and, and Betty says the boss really shocked her when we found out who Acacia's dad was. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so Nicholas assured her the father wasn't going to make the move. He said he'd arrange extra security with the hotel. And then Acacia pulled on his arm and said, if he did that, that would raise the alarm in the hotel with the hotel and alert her father. So Nicholas, you know, Nicholas took her concern into consideration. He said he'd speak with his security team and they would come up with a plan. So as Nicholas and Acacia approached the stairs, Acacia caught Kurt's eyes. And um, Karen, yeah, Karen to her credit says it would have brought too much attention if he tried anything there. And I think that's I think that's the case. I just think Nicholas was kind of brainstorming, seeing what they could do and what they and and also wanting to comfort her um, in in her panic. So they approached the stairs, caught Kurt's eyes. They followed them to the media room, which is where the security hub was. Nicholas entered the room, and Wen and Rook, Wen and Rick stood in the room as well. Uh, Nicholas told Wen he needed a secure line to Brazil that Acacia could use. So he guided her to a couch and took her handbag and tote from her shoulder. You can visualize this, right? He was trying to comfort her, trying to get her somewhere comfortable so she could calm down and call her mother. He pulled a silk handkerchief from his pocket, wiped her face, and told her she needed a drink, and he would be right back. So, again... The caregiving and the tending um, is just, it's very beautiful. They have a, the relationship is written really strongly and very beautifully. Yeah, because he could have been a real jerk and like, Mm -hmm. what? Right, absolutely. You know, he could have just been like, you know, he could have been hurt that she was going to leave without telling him. And he could have gone off on that whole other tangent. Truly, because she was just so out of her mind and so used to being left to her own devices and not having anyone to rely on right. that she could have just run out and offended him so much that he got angry and just went the just other direction. But instead, yeah. you know, he's trying to, you know, he's he's demonstrating that he's in it. He's in this relationship with her, and he wants to help her. Like, I, I thought that was very telling. Like, yeah. I, you know, it's it's beyond the physical. It's beyond just a, you know, a very surface-level attraction. Mm-hmm. It, it It's deeper than that. So, and, and as Monica said, oh, he's so protective and caring. And yes, and I think isn't that why we love Nicholas? We love this character. He really, really is. He's incredibly considerate. Well, you know, Um, they both have fallen in love with each other without them admitting it yet. Right. Because they're still so unsure of their feelings, I think. And they're afraid of their feelings, I think, too, because they've they've both been hurt in so many manners. Um, And, you know, as Betty says, he showed her that he believes her and wants something serious with her. Mm Mm-hmm. And Monica says it reveals his growth of his character. And 
I agree with both of you. Um, I think that, um, and to Pam, to your point, they are in love with each other and we're, we're seeing it, but the characters haven't realized it yet. Um, Betty says, it's interesting to see Nicholas use a silk handkerchief. Willie and Gabriel use cotton handkerchiefs. <laughs> well, Nicholas is... Cotton is more <laughs> absorbent. <laughs> Especially for Willie's uses. Oh, my gosh. going to get out the silk hankies now. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we needed some silk hankies last week and the week before that. Holy tamales. <laughs> I think cotton would have been better, or linen. <laughs> I think a towel may have been better. Good Lord. Um, <laughs> yes, their actions speak louder than words. Yes. Um, so um, as Nicholas exited the room, he asked Rick to come with him, and they walked into the hall. Um, Akasi heard them, but she couldn't hear what they were saying. Kurt had stood in the doorway and then went to Akasi and told her that he had to tell Nicholas what was going on. And you can tell, you know, when I can see how this would be portrayed on the screen, too. You could tell that the character, Akasi looking at Kurt um, when they were first there and Kurt kind of looking a little sheepish because he ratted her out. <laughs> exactly. But um, Kurt went and... You know, he, he more or less fessed up. Look, I had to tell Nicholas what was going on. He's my boss. I work for him. And Acacia nodded. I mean, she got it. She understood. Kurt said he would not have let anyone get to her, and his job is to keep her safe. Acacia understood that. Then he told her that you have to tell us about these threats, um, because with knowledge, they can handle surprises. Um but they do not like them, and neither does Nicholas. So they would rather know up front of all the possible threats so they can plan accordingly instead of being surprised by something like this at the last minute. And obviously, Nicholas does not like um, that kind of surprise. Right. And, and <laughs> I'm sorry, I had just accidentally muted myself. But I said, but, you know, think about it with your with your kids. It's when when there's a lot of stuff going on and you you know, I mean, I think a, I think a mother has like a sixth sense about what's going on with their kids. Absolutely. And you say, you know, you got to tell me what's going on and you don't get the full story or you don't get the story and it builds and builds and builds. So that's where the surprise comes in. And when something does go wrong uh, with the situ whatever situation, then you, you react a little differently. Where if you know something could happen, then you know what to expect and be prepared for. Not that I would know anything about what <laughs> kids hide. You when have they're teenagers. no concept. No, no concept. No concept. Do I, Patrick? <laughs> Are you getting an eye roll, Pam? Yes. <laughs> I am. Which oh, my okay. gosh. Um, it's allowed. It's uh, Betty had said, Kurt is kind. Thank God he was with Acacia. He knew Nicholas would not be happy if Acacia had disappeared. That's true. And that's true. I wonder, and because I think I wonder, Kurt's also very perceptive. I wonder what would have happened if it was Rick. I mean, I, I know um, she and Rick don't really get along too well, but I mm -hmm. wonder what would have happened if it had been uh, Rick. You know, I still think, and I think it's because of the professionalism of both Rick and Kurt, I still think Rick, because uh, Nicholas, I almost said because SR, um, but because Nicholas is his employer, I think Rick would have told him because, you know, it's part of his job. Cassie uh, is someone he was supposed to be guarding. She was leaving. I think he would have told her. Um, I don't think he would have been as inclined to tell as Kurt was, because I think Kurt appreciated the relationship between the two. I think for Rick, though, it was just a matter of, okay, our subject is now leaving. I have to tell the boss because mm -hmm. it's part of my job. Mm -hmm. Betty thinks Rick would let Acacia go. I'm sure he wants to. 
I'm sure he was like, don't let the door hit you. But I know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I get that impression from him. But I also think that if he did do that to her, that uh, Nicholas would have reacted badly. Oh, yes. Yeah. So. And Betty says she thinks Rick is a bit overprotective of Nicholas. Yeah. True. True. He probably saw, he's probably seen a lot go on, especially with Silka, and maybe he it is pulling a fatherly act or the uh, best wingman act. Right. Trying to protect well, him. Well, and, you know, true, the wingman and the fact that Silka was such, you know, was horrible to him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even if Rick doesn't care who the boss is with. You know, I'm sure yeah. he doesn't want to be near the boss or around the boss when the boss has been burned like that, because right. I'm sure that was not a happy time. Um, and Monica said, um, but then Nicholas would have fired Rick if he had let her go, which is probably, probably true. true. So now when has the phone and hands her the phone and addresses her in English, this is the secure line. Do you have the number? Uh, she nodded and dialed the number. And when her mother answered, it, it was relieving to know that mom hadn't gone yet. And she calls her, I think you pronounce this May, which is mom in Portuguese. Um, the, where are you? And her mother answered, like, I'm in bed. And what time is it? Acacia told her it didn't matter that you have to get up. I saw him. And her mother's confused now. I mean, I would have been woken up out of dead sleep. Can you imagine? And, can you imagine getting that call in the middle of the night? Nothing ever is good. And, and nothing is ever good when you get a phone call in the, call the middle of the night. Nothing. Nothing. So uh, she, she, she told her mother, um, it doesn't matter. You have to get up. I saw him. And her mother's confused, and then Acacia heard the rustle of the bed closed, and her mother asked, where are you? Acacia answered, Dubai. And her mother flipped, Dubai. And she told her mother she was with a friend, but she says, we've arranged for someone to pick you up and take you to a safe place. Now her mother is realizing, and she's going, you stupid girl. You knew better than to go to that part of the world. Now we have to start over again. And I mean, I woken out of a dead sleep in the middle of the night with a phone call. And then to hear that kind of stuff, I can just imagine. I know, but I, like. I mean, I just think it's heart wrenching either yeah. way. Because having the mother wake up to that horrible news and frightening news would be terrifying for the mom. But also for her to just lash out at Acacia, I just thought was so sad and so hard. And hi, Delilah. Hi, Delilah. But you know what? I would have done the same thing. I mean, you know, my son's 35 now. But when he was 16, 17 years old and living at home, and I had gotten that kind of phone call, I probably would have reacted in somewhat the same manner. You know, like mm-hmm. he'd been pulled to jail or he, you know, he got pulled over, whatever what could have been. Exactly. None of that, none of that yeah. happened, thank God. But, you know, nonetheless, it, I, could, I could imagine doing that. Bye, Karen. See you, KK. Feel better, by the way. Um, so she's, uh, you know, mom's flipping out and uh, that she's in Dubai and having to start over. So Nicholas came over and stood over her and asked her for the phone. And he spoke in English. Mrs. Santos, this is Nicholas Casserer. I'm Acacia's boyfriend. Please pack a bag and be ready to leave your apartment in an hour. I am sending someone to get you. You can ask him the password, which is Santorini. Just love that. I love that too. So Nicholas met Cassia's eyes, and her mother argued with Nicholas in a combination of English and Portuguese. 
But he, Nicholas interjected and he says, Mrs. Santos, you have to get ready right now. Take everything you value, including your passport. Call me at this number if there's any problem. And Acacia heard her mother agree. And Nicholas I, pulled the phone. I, I was just going to say, um, before we proceed, I saw that uh, Monica said, actually, she truly believes that her mom, that's how her mom would have reacted, especially if she knew better. Mm-hmm. And Betty said, I probably would have asked, what was she thinking going to Dubai? But calling her daughter stupid was harsh, is what she said. It so. is harsh, but I think mom, looking at it from the mom's point of view, mm-hmm. she's just reacting and because she's been given this shock. And right. I'm sure that when they get together, it'll be all smoothed over. But at that point, I think she was kind of upset with that. So Nicholas pulled the phone from his ear, handed it back to Wen, and he retrieved the drink that and gave it to her and says, I think you need this. I'll make another. She sipped the drink gratefully as she heard her mother's curses in her ear. So, she, you know, definitely she, it affected her. I so, think it affected both of them. But I, yeah. I love the fact the way Nicholas was pretty much calm cool collected and in control yes and i think i think it was paramount and it's funny because being at this conference with technology circling around me and we talk about all kinds of protecting security crisis um you know protecting data trying to be um very vigilant and you know it it he acted as he needed to he was being very factual he was being um, very directive because they both were very upset. And he was getting the mother to focus on, okay, we are in crisis mode. This is what we need to do. Um, come here, come here, call me if you there's a problem. And I think the fact that he did that for Acacia and for Acacia's mother was just uh, really beautiful. Um, yeah. And Betty said she knows the mom is frightened, but I was hurt. When I read her words, Acacia is not having a walk in the park either. She's calling her mom because she wants to protect her, which is, mm-hmm. I, I agree with yeah. you there, Betty. I do. I really do. So we asked SR about mm-hmm. how Acacia felt about Nicholas revealing to her mother, um, you know, I'm your <laughs> boyfriend. Yeah, which Betty just pointed out, Nicholas wasted no time in giving his relationship status. I'm the boyfriend. boyfriend. Yeah, Yeah, we had uh, to ask Asar about that. We just had to. And he just said Acacia (laughs) was surprised what Nicholas revealed to her mother. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think she expected that either. I mean, you know, the the relationship, the way she's been thinking about it, as Mm -hmm. special as it is, um still to her is you know something to enjoy while it's happening and when it gets toward the father part like it did with Luke it's going to go away Mm -hmm. and you know and I and I really believe that's what broke she and Luke up yeah the fact that Luke decides to join the police force Mm -hmm. and uh her father is who her father was. Or is. Right, right. So. She she felt like she had no choice. She had to she had to get out of it for several reasons. But mm-hmm. I think you know I also think and I'm wondering. Here's another question I could have asked us or had I thought of it until now. Um, was the fact that Nicholas, you know, I, I feel like because she was running away and she was leaving without him. And then I, I, I almost wonder that if that realization kind of smacked him in the face a, a little bit, like, oh my gosh, I, I can't have her go away. I don't want her to go away. And maybe that's why he also identified himself as the boyfriend because that could be. I, maybe he had that aha moment. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Um, but he that says, I bet well Nicholas be. wanted to make sure Luke could not claim Acacia as his anymore. Oh, wow. I think that was evident. <laughs> I think that's yeah. I but think that's been that's been the I I think Nicholas's mo for quite some time. I really do. Yeah, Monica agrees. She said that's a very good point. So, 
And that is where the chapter break was. So, I, I mean, I just, I liked that too. I liked the fact that, you know, they needed some vodka. <laughs> and, and, and had I been able to arrange it, I would have tried to have a, some a vodka. Was it vodka tonic, vodka I believe? Vodka tonic. I wish gray I was having one now. With lime. I know. We still have to do a Grey Goose, a Grey Goose uh, show. Yes, we I think, do. In yes, honor of uh, Nicholas. Well, our anniversary is coming up, so maybe we can work something out. <laughs> that this is true. This is true. Um, as Betty says, men are very territorial. Yes, especially men like Nicholas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I. I can. He's a very alpha male, so yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but anyway, he, but it's good that he cares. Oh yeah, and he cares quite a bit. You know, mm-hmm. like I said, they really do have fallen in love with each other, and they just have not been able to admit it to themselves yet, alone to each other. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, exactly. Anyway. Well, I'm looking forward to the next part. I am, what too. What happens next? I am, next. too. We get the full story. Yes, we do. Yes, uh, we do. Who, what, Chapter, where, when, and why. Chapter and, 40, and, part two. So we'll, we'll be back next week at 5 p.m. Eastern time. <laughs> I just and read what Betty said. Do you see I it? I saw that. <laughs> Betty says, I have no problem with Nicholas claiming me. (laughs) I don't think Paul wants to hear that. (laughs) Betty says, Paul better start claiming this blessedness. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that is so funny. Uh, Yes. We might might have to share this with SR. (laughs) We're going to tell SR about this. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, I have no problem with Nicholas claiming me either. Truth be told. I I, I love that kind of caregiving. Yes. Consideration, that's wonderful. And and it's a lot of it's consideration on his part, Mm -hmm. I think, too. So, not not to take the fun away from it. (laughs) Anyway. So, we will be back next week, same time, and we will go ahead and finish off Chapter 40 and discuss, find out what the heck is going on with uh, uh, Nicholas and, and the mother and who the father is and all that kind of fun stuff. So, I am going to leave you with a little Dave Brubeck for the rest of the evening. Enjoy. Happy Valentine's Day. And don't forget to look up the outtake of... Love uh, it, love it. Yeah, of Nicholas and Acacia. And the love letter to um, Julia. And uh, again, the links are on... Um, I know I have them on our uh, Man in the Black Suit Twitter feed and um, and of course SR has them and I think the Gabriel series also has them so everybody have a good week yes happy Valentine's Day happy Valentine's Day and we will all speak then take care everybody thanks for joining us